Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance. Episode 35. With ISO 28222, what you can do is you can say, I'm making a single payment and here are all the invoices against which I'm making that payment. And by the way, one of those invoices, I dispute the amount, I'd like to adjust the payment and this, this is the reason why I'm doing that. I'm Devesh Patel, editor at Trade Finance Global. Now, cross-border payments and the processing of safer payments were, were a key theme of Cybos back in September last year. The payments industry continues to change rapidly, and it's certainly something that most heads of treasury and trade talk to us about at TFG. Within payments comes the common language and the need to continuously adopt global standards within the financial community. So today's podcast is all around a particular standard, ISO 20022. It's the global language used for payments messaging, making the quality of data richer, structured, and more meaningful. Great for the client and very important for compliance. So today, we're taking a deep dive into ISO 2022, what it means for the payments community, SWIFT and data. And we're joined today by SWIFT's global head of ISO 20022, speaking to us from Washington, D.C. Saqib, great to have you here on Trade Finance Talks and great to finally have you on board. Thanks for having me. No problem. So keep in no more than 30 seconds, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do at SWIFT? At SWIFT, I lead our team of um, standard specialists and technology and product specialists to introduce ISO 2002 correspondent banking and payments. So we have a mandate from our community to move to the new language of payments over the next four to five years. And my team and I support that transition. Great. Thank you. So before we get into the details of ISO, what are SWIFT messaging types and why are they currently needed within the financial services ecosystem? So a little bit maybe about SWIFT. SWIFT is a member-owned organization and we have two broad mandates. One is we provide a platform for exchange of financial transactions between our members and their customers. But we also have the mandate of setting the standard for the language with which people speak on that platform. And we've been doing that for over 45 years. So we, on behalf of the International Organization of Standardization, we support and act as a registration authority for a variety of financial standards. So one is in the areas of security standards, another is business identifier codes, a third is legal entity identifiers, and one of them is MTs or message types. And there's nine categories of such message types across different business domains, across payments, securities, trade, FX, and others. And these are basically message formats that participants on the network have to create if they want to transact with one another. There's a very specific way that that happens, and there's guidelines and specifications that dictate what those messages should look like. That's essentially what SWIFT MTs or message types are. 
Thanks very much for explaining that. So Swift's MT is moving over to ISO 20022 as at the end of 2021. What is ISO 2022? 2022 is an evolution of the Swift MT messages. It's the next generation of financial standards that was defined close to 15 years ago. It was born out of the need for two things primarily. One is something that was feature-proof. so We didn't have to keep changing our formats every few years. And something that was rich and structured and consistent across business domains. So whether you're a corporate or a bank or a market infrastructure or a trade organization, the same terminology, the same language is being used consistently across the ecosystem. So ISO 2022 provides two things. One is there's a common dictionary that can be used across the parties and a recipe for making new message types. So whether we're using XML in traditional financial messaging or in the future for open banking, we're supporting APIs or we will have a new structure for DLT, for example, there's always one way of referring to data, and there's one way of creating messages for those different use cases. The second is the format of the messages themselves. So ISO 2022 is commonly instantiated in XML or extensible markup language, but it can also be in JSON or APIs, for example. So it's, it's not just the message structures, it's also a way in which you produce these financial messages. And, and what's happening in November 2021 is given that all the major reserve currencies are moving to ISO 2022, their high-value payment systems are going to be adopting the new standard in the next two to three years. Our community felt it's now the right time to be moving the cross-border leg of those payments to the new standard, to ISO 2022. So we start a four-year coexistence period. It's not a big bang, but we will support both the legacy formats and the new formats for a period of four years. So people over time can start using those new messages. And then November 2025, the idea is we'll deactivate the older standards and ISO 2022 will become the de facto way in which payments are done end to end. Thank you, Saqib. And I guess good to understand more and we can talk more on the four-year transition period a bit later. So what is SWIFT's exact involvement with the global standard? Because obviously ISA, the International Organization Standards, sits very separately to SWIFT itself. And then I guess moving on from that, what are the benefits of SWIFT's members moving over to ISA 2022? SWIFT is the official registration authority for ISO 2022. So if you go to www.iso2022.org, that's the website where all the message specifications are being published for the new standard. And again, they're across business domains, they're payments, they're securities, most recently, they're card messages also. Behind that website is really SWIFT facilitating the definition of those standards. So there's a change management process where anybody in the financial community can submit a request for a new message or a change to an existing message. And SWIFT will facilitate a review process and a publication process so that those standards are being maintained. That's how we're supporting from a standards organization perspective, these financial 
standards and the ecosystems that use them. Now, why is ISO 2022 being used in the first place? Well, because it is a richer format, because Swift MT messages, the older formats, are limited in space, and they're commonly being used without structure. So there's free-form versions of those messages. People just use them kind of like email, put in whatever they think is appropriate for their counterparties. It can be an inefficient way to communicate between financial institutions. Uh, there's room for missing information, misinterpretation, delays in processing because people have to interpret it differently, and ultimately poor customer experience. Yeah. With ISO 2022, what we've been doing is not only defining new message types, but also working with the banking industry on how ISO 2022 should be used specifically in the context of cross-border payments. So we have 12 to 14 top payment banks advising us on the usage guidelines for these new ISO 2022 messages. So which fields are we going to lock down? Which fields are mandatory? How should we populate them? How should we interpret them? And we're, we're publishing those usage guidelines for cross-border payments. And what that should result in is that you have payments that are much more rich. They have more party details. So compliance operations at the bank and uh, supervised financial institutions should improve over time because you have more data with which to do sanction screening and money laundering checks. With more structured data and mandatory data, it should become more efficient over time to process payments. What we observe and what we hear from our community is that up to 10% of cross-border payments require some form of manual intervention, which is expensive, which is slowing down the processing of that payment. That 10% should go down. And then I think the most important part is with more space for data, we can carry customers' own information alongside the payment instruction. Today, what commonly happens is you get a payment instruction and, and you get settlement of payment, but the purpose of the payment, why did I make that payment in the first place, is, is often missing. And importers and exporters have to share that information out of band. And there's a very complex series of reconciliations that end up happening for both those parties to post that payment and realize the benefits of why that payment was made in the first place. So improved efficiency and speed, improved compliance, and ultimately better customer experience is what ISO 2022 should be affording everybody. Great. Thank you. So just moving more and touching on the change management, what are the key changes for the financial community in terms of that adoption? And what does this mean for cross-border payments? Over the next couple of years, the agenda is very, very busy for banks and financial institutions. You have Euro systems moving to ISO 2022, November 2021. You have the UK CHAPS high value payment system moving the first half of 2020. You've got the dollar systems fed in chips moving November 2023. And in between all of that, you've got Canada, Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong, and many other communities looking to move to ISO 2022. That's fairly complex, change roadmap for everybody. And we've got this swift coexistence period to try to facilitate that change in cross-border payments. The challenge for everybody is to make sure that this is efficient and done in a least disruptive way and not relying on stopgap 
last mile translation measures, but more fundamentally evolving the data model so that we can realize the benefits of the, again, the efficiency, compliance, and improving the value to our clients. What we're doing is we're providing a set of coexistence measures, translation services that people can use in the interim while they move to native ISO 2022. We're providing long testing windows. So we'll actually provide a pilot service on the cross-border side in September of this year, which should give everybody 14 months of testing, not just within their institution, not just within their group, but with their correspondence also. Sufficient time leading into November 2021. And so there's several measures and lead milestones that we're putting into place to make that happen. Great, thank you. And and it sounds like a very detailed plan. I guess moving moving on now to the processing of payments within trade finance and also the correspondent banks and potentially the corporate clients of those banks. How does ISO 20022 affect payments in this area? When it comes to trade finance, obviously the payment is a very important leg of the trade, right? And reconciliation has always been a challenge in trade finance. There are multiple parties in different ecosystems that have to come together to reconcile the trade to confirm that it's been completed. On the payment side, between an import and exporter, what ISO 2022 affords is that rich and structured data. So if you take an example of an importer in the UK trying to make a payment in dollars to somebody in Southeast Asia for supply of goods, they will want to make that payment in an aggregate way, because dollar payments into Southeast Asia are expensive. So they want to ideally have a single payment that they can use to reconcile multiple invoices. With ISO 2022, what you can do is you can say, I'm making a single payment, and here are all the invoices against which I'm making that payment. And by the way, one of those invoices, I dispute the amount, I'd like to adjust the payment, and this this is the reason why I'm doing that. And I'm also providing details of bills of lading. And I'm providing you all the credit notes that I'm requesting with which to make this payment. All that information, that supplementary remittance information can come alongside the payment transaction. And that can be processed fully automated way end to end across the payments chain without anybody having to make a phone call, send emails, and manually intervene on the payment so that payment can be posted in the ERP systems of the, of the two parties. That's a huge benefit, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a platform for innovation for banks to provide the next gen of treasury services and reconciliation services to their corporate customers. And that's really what we're aiming for. So I guess taking a view now on the adoption of ISO 20022, what are the timelines from a financial institution's perspective? And I guess going into even more detail on that change management piece, why does it take so long to implement? Yeah, so the specific timelines we will be following is June of this year, we will be opening up the SWIFT platform for testing by vendors of our customers. So they're key vendors for core banking applications, payments middleware, screening utilities, reconciliation tools that will need to test these new messages. So June of this year, we will provide that that network service. In September of this year, we'll open up for testing for our clients 
again, giving everybody 14 months to enter into the coexistence period smoothly, November 2021. And then during that coexistence period, people can decide when they want to start sending the new messages. And if you're an intermediary, if you're receiving ISO 2022, how do I generate the outbound corresponding ISO 2022 message? The coexistence period will allow people to incrementally enable that if they're operating in different jurisdictions at their own schedule. So those, those are the major milestones that we're providing for. The tools that we'll be providing alongside that is the coexistence measures I talked about. We'll have translation services that is in-network. You don't have to deploy anything on your side. You can send ISO, and if your counterparty is not ready, we'll translate for them, and they'll get the old empty messages. We'll have API versions of those translation services, and we'll have also on-prem solutions that vendors can use also to provide translation services. So the varieties of ways that we're facilitating that change to the new message types. Thank you very much. And I guess it's important that the financial community and the industry should look at testing ISA 2022, I guess, during that period from around June to November to really ensure that their systems are ready for the four-year coexistence period. Is there a specific time where they should be looking at that switch over from MT to ISA 2022? Probably the trigger to move to ISO 2022 is when the domestic payment systems are moving. So as of November 2021, when the euro systems move, what's likely going to happen is institutions are going to receive from those domestic payment systems new messages, new ISO 2022 rich messages. And for compliance reasons, you will likely have to also send ISO 2022 on the cross-border leg if the recipient is in a different jurisdiction. The reason that happened because of FATF 16. So the financial crime compliance community has a set of recommendations of how transactions should be processed to facilitate the fight against financial crime. And one of the recommendations, recommendation number 16 says that if you are an intermediary, you've received a transaction and you need to pass it along, you need to preserve all the originator and beneficiary details and all the agents that are in that payment chain. You can't just drop off those details because the next person down the chain needs to also do screening to confirm compliance. So when the Euro systems move, you will likely have to also start sending ISO 2022 messages for those European payments. Similarly, when the pound sterling moves, Financial institutions in the UK, when they start receiving ISO 2022, will have to start sending ISO 2022. So one banking group doesn't have to activate ISO on a particular day. They can look at specific corridors. They can look at specific currencies, look at the compliance obligations against them, and start sending ISO as and when required. Very interesting. Thank you. And I guess it's very important for change managers within a lot of the financial institutions to really think about how they're going to go about that phased approach, particularly in light of some of the larger systems moving over to ISO 2022, because it will mean that they are fully compliant with some of these new regulations in terms of passing on and collating that information to disseminate it further down the line. 
So I guess moving forwards, lots to be thinking about for FIs, for yourselves at Swift. What are the key priorities in your role at Swift over the next 12 months or so? So our immediate priorities are around documentation. So as I said, we're working with a group of banks that are helping us define usage guidelines for ISA 2022. So how this new message will be used for cross-border payments, making sure that documentation and spec is at quality and publicly available for our community is very important. We've begun publishing as of December these usage guidelines. We have set ourselves a milestone of end of March to complete the first phase of documentation. So we want to make sure that gets done on time. Alongside the documentation, we've also set up a small sandbox where customers can begin testing. They don't have to wait for June. They don't want to have to wait for the September pilot milestones. They can start generating these new messages in their systems and they can, in the sandbox, upload them. And the sandbox will tell them whether the ISO 2022 message is compliant. Is it missing something? Is it not formatted correctly? That utility is available today. We also want to make sure that when people are going from MTs to ISO, if they have to implement stopgap translation services before they go native ISO, that they have a good set of rules as to how they translate those messages, which field maps into the new fields. So there's a translation portal that publishes these rules that we've tested with our working group of banks. And we want to make sure that the vendor community and the financial institutions also implement them in a consistent way. So getting the documentation right, getting this testing right is important. And then, of course, it's these pilot windows. We want to start the vendor pilot on time. We want to start our customer pilots on time. And we want to evangelize the the reason why we're moving to ISO 2022 and how people should move to ISO 2022. So a broad campaign of awareness with roadshows and webinars across countries. It's something that we're focused on doing in the coming months. Thank you very much, Saqib. And I think it's great to have you here on Trade Finance Talks TV. I guess talking to the trade finance community about the importance and the key benefits of ISO 2022, because actually for a lot of us trade financiers, it's almost slightly on the periphery. But actually when you think about the importance of this from bill of lading, documentation, richer formats, quality, better structure, not just a series of of, of notes. I think it's really important to consider some of the processes and involvements that FIs should have. And I guess now is the time to really start thinking about testing, reading the documentation and accessing the portal, the wealth of documents that Swift have created and, and made available in terms of resources to help some of the vendors and FIs navigate and transition over to ISO towards the end of this year. Saqib, thank you very much for joining us on Trade Finance Talks. I will see you in Boston at Cybos 2020 and hopefully we'll catch up there and see how everything's getting on. Great to speak to you and chat soon. Thank you, Debesh. It was good to chat with you. Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com.